it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around the greatness of your word. Father, cause the words that we hear to change our lives. Cause it to deposit faith at such a level that when we leave this place, we'll be able to walk in overcoming faith. Father, I thank you for the ears that will hear and the hearts that will receive the incorruptible word of the living God. I thank you that I have decreased and your anointing is here to feed and teach your people. Holy Spirit, only you can transfer Logos word into Rhema word. Cause it to happen today. In Jesus name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. One of the greatest acts of trust in God and spiritual maturity is our act of obedience. To receive God's best for our lives, we must come to the conclusion that obedience is the key. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, Neighbor. obedience Obedience. is the key. Now, most Christians hardly reach the point in their lives where obedience to God outweighs their feelings, their emotions, and their personal desires. Today, I want to briefly give you a biblical view of the power and the benefits of obedience. Everybody say the power Power. and the blessings of obedience. Now, this is probably one of the most important lessons I will probably ever teach you. I believe... That if a person never understands how to walk by faith, if they can just be obedient to God, their lives will be better than the average person. And what people don't understand is that everything that God wants to do for you is connected to your obedience. Even if you understand faith, you have to obey the faith that you know. And so this morning, I want to teach you on obedience and show you the benefits of it. Because unfortunately, many believers do not see the power and the benefits of obeying God. Now, let me ask you a question. How many in here, if, if you could be honest, feel, if, you, if, I had, if someone asked you and they said, do you feel Pastor Evan have it made? How many would just raise your hand? Let me see. That all? That's all? That's all? Okay. Well, praise the Lord. I guess you said he's working just like we are, huh? <laughs> and you better believe I am. Praise the Lord. Well, some people can look at that, but they don't see the silent obedience in my private life. And let me tell you, that's exactly what obedience is. It's stuff that you do when people don't see you. But I'm going to share with you this morning how it blesses your life. Now, obedience affects four major areas in your life. Number one, it affects your provision. Number two, it affects your position or your call. 
Number three, it affects your protection. And then number four, it affects other people. I'm going to say those again. Four areas of your life that your obedience affects. Number one, it's going to affect your provision. In other words, the things that God wants to bless you with, your obedience is affected by that. Number two, it's affected by your position and your call. In other words, what God has called you to do, your obedience can mess that up or help it or disobedience. Number three, it affects your protection. And then number four, it affects other people. Now, if you will go to Job chapter 36. Many of you know this verse, Job 36. I'm going to use it as the platform this morning on what I'm sharing. And I pray that your heart is open. And you know what? I want to encourage everybody here, everybody here, even if you're married, you need to get this CD and roll it over every day until obedience is something that you embrace. Do you know there are certain things that God wants you to do, but until you hear a message like this over and over and over and over and over and it get in your spirit, you ain't going to do it? You know, I'm at a point in my life where I don't think there's anything God can ask me to do that I wouldn't do. I mean, if he asked me to give you my house and my house was completely paid for, I would give you my house. If he asked me to give you my house and keep making the payments, I'm going to put you in my house and I'm going to make the payments. You say, well, I wouldn't do that. That's why you're not where I am. (laughs) See, obedience comes with a certain level of sacrifice. But until you know that what I'm sacrificing is not bigger than what I'm going to get for for the sacrifice, you will never sacrifice. Now, watch this, Job 36, 11. Are you there? Now, touch your neighbor and say, neighbor. This is going to be a tough message, but I can handle it. Okay, now watch this now. It says, if they, what's the next word, class? Obey Obey and what? That's why last week I'm trying to get some of you all involved in the church. Because your service, along with your obedience, watch what he says. If you obey and serve him, so talking about God. Then you shall spend your days in what? Prosperity. Prosperity. Now, who in here wants to prosper? See, I don't want to just be a regular Christian. I want people to look at me and say, what is he doing? When I meet people, I want them to look at me and go, who is that? Not because of what I have, but because of who who I have. He says, watch this now. If they obey and serve him, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in what? Pleasure. So guess what? Although obedience can be challenging, God understands and he rewards us when we obey him. God will, he will reward us every single time if we obey him. Now remember this. There is never a principle in God's word that does not have a promise big enough to obey. I'm going to say that again. There is never a principle that does not have a promise that is big enough to obey. In other words, once you see the blessing on the other side, it will give you the stamina to go through what you have to go through. Now, go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy 30. Now, that word obey, if you're going to take notes, the word obey there means to consent to. It means to grant a request. It means to listen to and to yield. Everybody say yield. yield. Say it again. Yield. Say it one more time. Yield. See, 
When you want to obey God, you got to slow your roll down. He said, watch this now, the word obey means to yield. Now think about when you're driving. Sometimes you see a yield sign. That yield sign is saying slow down because there may be somebody else coming too. And sometimes when you don't yield to God, when you don't slow down enough, you can't obey him because you've already run the light. Okay, watch this now. Deuteronomy chapter 30, right down verse 6. Obedience always brings blessing. Here's the point. Obedience always brings blessing, increase, and more in your life. Deuteronomy 30, look in verse 6. Watch this. This is so good. It says, And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and and the heart of your seed to love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, that you may live. Watch verse 7. And the Lord thy God will put all these curses upon your enemies. See, here it is. You're fighting your enemies and God say, I'll take care of them. And on them that hate thee and who persecute you. And you shall return, watch this now, and obey the voice of the Lord and do all his commandments which I command thee this day. And the Lord God will make you plenteous in every work of your hand. He will make you plenteous in the fruit of your body and in the fruit of your cattle and in the fruit of your land. If you want to translate that, that means anything your hand is doing in the earth realm, God said he'll bless it. Watch this. For good, for the Lord will again rejoice over you for good. In other words, that verse is telling us when we obey God, he will bless the things that we do. Here's another one. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy 11. What I want to do here is just point out some things about obedience so you can embrace it as I share. Deuteronomy 11, look in verse 26. Obedience to God always carries positive results and blessings. Deuteronomy 11, look in verse 26. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a what? Now, which one do you want? I want the blessing too. Watch what he says here. A blessing if you do what? If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside out of the way which I command you this day and go after other gods and you will not have known. Now what I didn't read to you, go back over to Job very quickly. Go back over to Job. Go back over to Job. Go to 36. I didn't read the next verse, verse 12. 36, 11, verse 12. I'm, I'm going to read it together. It says, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. But if they obey not, they shall perish with the sword and they shall die without knowledge. Perishing with the sword always refers to our enemies. Now you say, Pastor, why did you read those? I read it because I need you to see that obedience has a lot of positive things connected to it. But guess what? Disobedience does too. Now, I want you to pretend, how many have a house and you have uh, air-conditioned filters in it? How many have waited too long to change your filters and it got really dirty? I've done that too, right? Well, I want you to pretend that on this side of the, state, of the, of the sanctuary is a dirty air-conditioned filter. And then I want you to pretend that on this side of it is a white air-conditioned filter, very clean. Now, here's the thing. How we filter or view obedience will determine whether we obey God or not. And so guess what? Disadvantages of a dirty filter, let me just tell you. It causes your air condition to work harder. Now, I want you to view now obedience and disobedience as a dirty filter and as a clean filter. If your filter is dirty, it causes your air condition unit to work harder. 
In other words, you're going to slave harder than what you should have. You know what? I tell people all the time, you know what? You need to give your way out of some stuff. You've already kept your way in the stuff. You might as well give your way out of stuff. Y'all ought to get that tomorrow. Watch this now. Here's another disadvantage of a dirty filter. And a dirty filter can just represent your past, your hurts, your environment, how you were raised. It can cost you more money. Because we, what happens is, if your filter's dirty in your house air conditioned, your air conditioning stays on longer. Because it's pulling through and it's trying to pull through the filter and the dirt. And guess what else? What happens? It loses its ability to catch additional dirt and dust. When your filter's dirty, spiritually, it can't catch any more dust and dirt because this needs to be changed. But let me show you some advantages of a clean filter. Number one, I want you to see that your filter is your mind and your thought life. Okay? Because what I think about obedience is going to help me obey or help me not to obey. But if my filter is clean, which is my mind, my thought life, if I'm thinking straight, you know what's going to happen? I will obey God when I need to. Because a clean filter represents a renewed mind. Are you all with me? When you renew your mind to God's way, it makes it easier for you to obey God. Now, here's another thing. Your mind, when your mind is cluttered or filled with old information, you can't think like God. And that's why coming to church is so important because it helps you now renew how you ought to think. How many come to church and you've been thinking one way and then you start thinking another way, the right way, when you left? right? You know, you came in thinking it's okay to cuss people out. It's okay. It's okay. It is okay to cuss them out. Then you come up here and it's like, oh my God, cussing is wrong. I mean, have you ever come into a revelation that something was wrong that you didn't think was wrong? You know? Number three, when your mind does not have a new filter or being renewed, it makes poor decisions. And guess what? Poor decisions can cost you money, pain, and time. You know, I think about uh, what's that rapper name that's going to prison? T.I. I think about him. And here it is, about as talented as he can be, but his disobedience to the law is costing him time. And it's not just time, it's time in prison. And sometimes when, we, when our filters are dirty, we make decisions that will cost us time. Have you ever made a decision and it took you backwards? That's what I'm talking about. So guess what now? You can hear God's voice clearly when, you, when your filter is clean. So our goal today is to change our filter so that our levels of, levels of obedience will draw God's blessing in our lives. Now, there are three types of responses to obedience. I'm going to give you these real quick. I'm not going to dwell on Three types of responses to obedience. The first one is an emotional-based response. This is where our feelings dictate our actions. It is when we make choices based on our feelings and not by our faith. These are sense-driven decisions. These are decisions that our desires are so strong that it overrides the principles of the word. Okay. An emotional-based response, this is where my feelings dictate my actions. You felt like getting a divorce this morning, so that's what you know. You done start planning already. I'm talking to somebody right now. You are silently planning a divorce. Ooh, it's quiet in here, ain't it? There's a cricket right there on the fourth row. I heard it. But see, you are making an emotional-based decision. And when you make emotional decisions, they always put you in the red. 
Now, here's a good emotional-based decision. Emotional reactions to obedience normally result in short-term satisfaction, but with negative long-term consequences. I'm going to say it again. Emotional reactions to obedience normally result in short-term satisfaction. Oh, when you do it, you feel good. I got rid of that joke. I've been married to him a whole year. I'm tired of him. And you just throw him out the door. It may bring short-term satisfaction, but it comes with negative long-term consequences. Amen. A good example of that would be uh, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 1 and 3. In fact, let's go there real quick. Let's go there real quick. You know what? I don't want to go there. Just write the verse down. Just write the verse down. Go read it at home. That'll be part of your true group lesson right there. All right? Here's uh, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 1 through 3, and then... Verses 7 through 9, okay? Now, here's a second type of response to obedience. A promise, or I mean a situational-based response. This is where our obedience is based on what we are going through. Instead of responding to what we know is right, we react to what is happening to us. Now, a good example of that is uh, that, that, that verse I just gave you. That's the example for situational-based. The first one, emotional-based, was David and Bathsheba. You know, he was up there on the roof, and his emotions kicked in. He said, ooh, that lady fine right there. (laughs) And because his emotions got him, because remember that emotional-based decisions are sense-driven. What are your senses? What you see, what you hear, what you taste, what you, what else? Smell. Smell and what else? And what you touch. So he saw something, and he responded in a negative way. So we have emotional-based response. We have a situational-based response. That's, uh, you can, when you read that, that's talking about Saul. And Saul disobeyed the Lord because uh, God told him to wipe out all these people. And he, he said, don't save nothing. And they saved something anyway. Then, number three, is a promise-driven response. Now, this type of obedience is where a person chooses to obey God's word knowing that God will reward them for doing so. That's like Peter... And Jesus used this boat and then he said, Peter, I want you to cast your net on the right side and you're going to catch some fish. And Peter said, oh, we've worked all night. He said, but nevertheless, that's your word. In other words, the promise was a great multitude of fishes, but the principle was I need you to cast your net on the right side. So Peter at that point, that was a promise driven response. And most people stop right there, but that's not the highest level of obedience. The highest level of obedience is principle driven response. Now, what is that? This type of response to obedience is where I choose to obey God because it is the right thing to do, whether there is a blessing connected to it or not. I'm going to say that again. I know I'm teaching good this morning. I'm teaching good. Because let me tell you why I think God wants me on this right here. Because some of you all and down at the end, I'm going to ask you, I'm not going to ask you, what is God telling you to do? I'm going to ask you, what is God telling you not to do? Because there's some of y'all in this room, I'm telling you God, is, you. God is trying to get you to not do some stuff. I don't know what it is. I don't know what he don't want you to do. But sometimes it's easier to know what God don't want you to do than it is to know what God wants you to do. Can I tell you a secret? You'll know what God wants you to do when you don't do what he don't want you to do. <laughs> uh, that was kind of uh, tricky, huh? Just get the CD and you can rewind it. 
principle-driven response. This is the type of response to obedience where I choose to obey God because it is the right thing to do whether there is a blessing connected to it or not. This is knowing that it is never wrong to do what is right. When you get to that level, then now your, your decision and your obedience outweighs anything else in your life. Now, guess what? I said that your obedience affects your provision. This is an understanding that my needs being met and the overflow of God's best and blessings are contingent upon my obedience to him. Go to Deuteronomy very quickly. Deuteronomy 28. I want to show you that your obedience to God has something to do with him blessing you. You know, we want God to bless us, but we don't want to do our part. Amen. Do you know you cannot have a fulfilling marriage relationship if you're not doing your part in the relationship? You know what? And it is a crime. Everybody say a crime. It is a crime to be married and be sleeping like, like uh, uh, Ricky Ricardo and Lucy. Okay, let me help you. If you go back and look at the rewinds of I Love Lucy, he slept in one bed. They slept in the same room at least. Some of y'all not even sleeping in the same room. At least they slept in the same room. Now, they may have been sleeping in twin beds. Lucy slept over here. Ricky slept over here. And that's a problem when you're married. And some of you are are not fulfilling your vows as a married couple. You cannot do it your way. This is not Burger King. And some of you all, what you're doing, some of y'all, you, you, you're wrong. I'm talking to somebody right now. You are wrong. The reason you're not giving your spouse any intimacy, y'all know what I'm talking about right there, right? I know I'm stepping in some deep water right now. But the reason you're not doing it so they can cheat on you and then you can say, that's why I want a divorce. That is so wrong. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't know who he's talking to. But you better act like it ain't you. Just smile and we won't know. Well, I stepped in something deep right there, boy. Watch this, Deuteronomy 28, look at verse 1. And it shall come to pass, if you will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, to observe and do. That sounds like obedience, right? Which I commend you this day, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations. In other words, you're going to be higher in position than most normal people. Then he says, when you obey him, all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. So guess what? Obeying God causes blessings to overtake me. And I don't know about you. I want to be overtaken with blessings, not problems. So all you got to do to be overtaken with blessings is just start obeying God. He says it'll overtake you. And you will, if you will hearken to the voice of the Lord, blessed will you be in the city. Blessed will you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb. Blessed shall be the fruit of the ground. Blessed shall be your cattle. Blessed shall be the increase of your kind. Blessed shall be your checking account, your savings account, and all the money you got. Your RAs, your 401K, 501, 601, whatever you got. (laughs) Blessed will you be when you come in, verse 6, and blessed will you be when you go out. The Lord shall cause your enemies to rise up against you, but shall be smitten before your face. And they will come out against you one way, but they will leave you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessings upon you. Listen, did you hear what I said? The Lord will command the blessings on you when you obey. If you don't know how to use your faith, don't worry about it. Just start obeying God and he will command some blessings on you. 
And I'm trying to get y'all to just raise. Listen, just start where y'all. Don't make it deep. Don't make it deep. Just start where you are. Amen. Watch this now. Take this. You can write this down as a note. Luke chapter 5 verse 5. Jesus told Peter. He said, Peter, they needed to pay some taxes. He said, Peter, I want you to go. Go over there. Let's go over there. Go over there in Luke chapter 5. Your obedience affects your provision. See, some people are suffering financially because they ain't obeying God. You know what? I want to say this, and I'm about as bold as I can say it. If you obey what I'm teaching you, I'm talking about not just this. If you just obey the word that I'm teaching you, and then you evaluate your life and you start lining your life up, if your life ain't better in a year, you can leave this church. I am so, did you hear what I said? If your life is not better after applying, everybody say applying. After applying this word in your life consistently for a year, go to another church. Because I believe this word works. Amen. Watch this now. Luke chapter 5. Are you there? Look in verse 5. Luke 5, 5. And Simon answering said, oh, that's the one about the fish. I don't want that one. Go to Matthew 17, 27. Now, I tell you what, can't say that. Let me just show you something. Let me show you something. And Samuel answered and said unto him, Master, we've told all night and have taken us. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. What if, what if Peter wouldn't have done what Jesus said? Would he have got the fish? No, he wouldn't. He would have been hungry. He'd been standing in the welfare line. Watch this. Matthew 17. Go to Matthew 17. Your obedience affects your provision. Matthew 17. Look in verse 27. All right, watch this. This is when Peter and Jesus needed to pay some taxes. And in verse 27, it says, Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take up the fish that comes up second. He said, catch the fish that comes up what? First. And when you have opened his mouth, you will find some money. Take it. And give it to them for me and you. In other words, Jesus told Peter what to do. And Peter's obedience was based on his provision. And sometimes we want the provision without the obedience. Now watch this. Write down John chapter 9 verse 6 through 7. Sometimes our provision is our healing. I want you to think, what do I need from God? Well, it's contingent upon your obedience. John chapter 9, verse 6 through 7. You don't have to turn there. It says, when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of spittle. And he anointed the blind man with clay. And he said to the blind man, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is interpretation sent. And he went his way, therefore, and washed and he came seeing. Can I tell you something? Had he went to the Red Sea, he wouldn't have got healed. And sometimes God is waiting for us to obey him because our provision is connected to it. But guess what else that's connected to our provision or our obedience? Our position and our call. Now, some people say, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. Start doing what you know and you'll find out what he wants you to do. Now, watch this now. Go to Jeremiah 23. Now, I'm going to close with this one right here. Jeremiah 23. Are y'all learning anything this morning? I wish I could just cut off all y'all heads, take the Bible and shred it, 
make a liquid form and pour it in your head, close your head back up, sew it up, and then hopefully y'all can know what to do. Because I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't be where I am today. Not that I, I don't walk a perfect life. You know that. You know, I mean, there's certain things, though, I just don't do anymore. I mean, I'm sorry. I just, I just, I, I can't even think about cussing you out. I just don't cuss. But I would think about hitting you, though. <laughs> I haven't hit anybody in a long time, but it don't mean that I don't think about hitting people. So, like, some of you all cuss. I don't cuss. Don't even think about cussing. I mean, I can watch a movie that's cussing and just, you know, it don't even, I, I got a filter in my mind that I just, that's just not what I do. But then, I, the, the, the stronger area is if you come up on me wrong, <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I might not do it, but I am thinking. First thing I'm thinking is, can I beat them up? Then if I can't beat you up, I'm thinking of a strategy. Okay, what can I do? You know, in other words, everybody's got where they struggle. Jeremiah chapter 7. Listen to this. This is so powerful. Our obedience. Jeremiah, I'm sorry, chapter 7. Chapter 7, verse 23. Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 23. Don't come up on me like that. <laughs> okay. Your obedience can affect your call. Our obedience is so powerful that it can affect God's call for our lives and our success in going forward. Do you know if I had not obeyed God, I wouldn't be here today? And I know I'm supposed to do this. It's not like, even though there are certain aspects about it that I don't like. You know, you don't like everything about your job, do you? Yeah. A certain, I mean, here's one thing. My street is narrow. See, some of y'all, y'all can slip and slide. I'm talking about in disobedience. You can just slip. <laughs> Your aisle is wide. This is how wide some of y'all's aisles are. No, 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 no. See this rug right here? That's my path right there. See, I, see I, now compare that to this wide aisle. It's real, you know. So certain things I can't do. Now, y'all can go off on me, but I can't go off on you. Even though I might want to go off on you. I can't go off on you because part of my job description says I can't. <laughs> Watch this. Jeremiah chapter, what I tell you go? Seven. Chapter 7. Look at verse 23. But this thing commanded I them saying, what's the next word, class? Obey, Obey my voice. This is God talking. He's talking to you right now. Listen to him. And I will be your God and you shall be my people and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you that it may be well with you. Stop right there. Look, listen, things will go well in your life when you consistently obey God. Now watch what happens, though. He says, but if you hearken not or do not obey nor incline your ear, but walk in the counsels and the imagination of your evil heart. Watch what happens. You will go backwards and not forward. Now, I don't know about you. I don't want to go backwards. How many would like to go back and make the money you made when you got out of high school? I mean, that's going backwards. How many? I mean, your life, he just said it. If my life will go backwards when I, oh, when I disobey, then my life will go forward when I obey. And I want to challenge you this morning. 
to obey God like you never have before because obeying God is going to make your life better. Here's some people that called the, what God called them to do. This is how it affected their life. Mary was called of God to be the mother of Jesus, and it was her obedience to God that helped God's plan come to pass in the earth realm and in her life. You can write down Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Here's another person, Abraham. His obedience caused him to inherit God's promises for his life. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go into a place where he should after receive for an inheritance, he obeyed and he went not knowing where he was going. And then Saul, here's a, a poor example. Saul lost his position as king because he did not obey what God told him to do. Here's the difficulty about obeying God. It has to be done on a consistent basis to see the reward of it. And I believe the devil is trying to get some people. You have worked your way up to where you are being obedient to God and the devil is just trying to get you to disobey now. He's trying to get you to walk. He's trying, he trying to get you to do something crazy. What, but see, what got you where you are? Obedience. But if obedience got you where you are, obedience is going to keep you to where you are. And sometimes he throws a smoke screen where it's real smoky. And he, what he don't want you to see are the consequences of disobedience. See, you can't never get too high where you can just mess up and it not affect your life. Y'all know what I'm saying? And I believe God is asking some people here today, what is God telling you not to do? With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. What is the Lord saying for you not to do?